Modern World History, Patterns of Interaction, Chapter 8, Section 3, Nationalism, Case Study, Italy and Germany, Setting the Stage. Nationalism was the most powerful idea of the 1800s. Its influence stretched throughout Europe and the Americas. It shaped countries by creating new ones or breaking up old ones. In Europe, it also upset the balance of power set up at the Congress of Vienna in 1815, affecting the lives of millions. Empires in Europe were made up of many different groups of people. Nationalism fed the desire of most of those groups to be free from the rule of empires and govern themselves in their traditional lands. Nationalism, a force for unity or disunity. During the 1800s, nationalism fueled efforts to build nation states. Nationalists were not loyal to kings, but to their people, to those who shared common bonds. Nationalists believed that people of a single nationality or ancestry should unite under a single government. However, people who wanted to restore the old order from before the French Revolution saw nationalism as a force for disunity. Gradually, authoritarian rulers began to see that nationalism could also unify masses of people. They soon began to use nationalistic feelings for their own purposes. They built nation-states in areas where they remained firmly in control. In the chart on page 258, you can see the characteristics and examples of three types of nationalist movements. In today's world, groups still use the spirit of nationalism to unify, separate, or build up nation-states. Nationalism shakes aging empires. Three aging empires, the Austrian Empire of the Habsburgs, the Russian Empire of the Romanovs, and the Ottoman Empire of the Turks, contain a mixture of ethnic groups. Control of land and ethnic groups move back and forth between these empires, depending on victories or defeats in wars and on royal marriages. When nationalism emerged in the 19th century, ethnic unrest threatened and eventually toppled these empires. The breakup of the Austrian Empire. The Austrian Empire brought together Slovenes, Hungarians, Germans, Czechs, Slovaks, Croats, Poles, Serbs, and Italians. In 1866, Prussia defeated Austria in the Austro-Prussian War. With its victory, Prussia gained control of the newly organized Northern German Confederation, a union of Prussia and 21 smaller German political units. Then, pressured by the Hungarians, Emperor Franz Joseph of Austria split his empire in half, declaring Austria and Hungary independent states, with himself as ruler of both. The empire was now called Austria-Hungary, or the Austrian-Hungarian Empire. Nationalist disputes continued to weaken the empire for more than 40 years. Finally, after World War I, Austria-Hungary broke into several separate nation-states. The Russian Empire crumbles. Nationalism also helped to break up the 370-year-old empire of the Tsars in Russia. In addition to the Russians themselves, the Tsar ruled over 22 million Ukrainians, 8 million Poles, and smaller numbers of Lithuanians, Latvians, Estonians, Finns, Jews, Romanians, Georgians, Armenians, Turks, and others. Each group had its own culture. The ruling Romanov dynasty of Russia was determined to maintain iron control over this diversity. They instituted a policy of Russification, forcing Russian culture on all the ethnic groups in the empire. This policy actually strengthened ethnic nationalist feelings and helped to disunify Russia.
the weakened Tsarist Empire finally could not withstand the double shock of World War I and the Communist Revolution. The last Romanov Tsar gave up his power in 1917. The Ottoman Empire weakens. The ruling Turks of the Ottoman Empire controlled Greeks, Slavs, Arabs, Bulgarians, and Armenians. In 1856, under pressure from the British and French, the Ottomans granted equal citizenship to all the people under their rule. That measure angered conservative Turks, who wanted no change in the situation and caused tensions in the empire. For example, in response to nationalism in Armenia, the Ottomans massacred and deported Armenians from 1894 to 1896, and again in 1915. Like Austria-Hungary, the Ottoman Empire broke apart soon after World War I. Case Study Italy Cavour Unites Italy While nationalism destroyed empires, it also built nations. Italy was one of the countries to form from the territories of crumbling empires. Between 1815 and 1848, fewer and fewer Italians were content to live under foreign rulers. Cavour leads Italian unification. Italian nationalists looked for leadership from the kingdom of Piemont Sardinia, the largest and most powerful of the Italian states. The kingdom had adopted a liberal constitution in 1848, so, to the liberal Italian middle classes, unification under Piemont Sardinia seemed a good plan. In 1852, Sardinia's king, Victor Emmanuel II, named Count Camillo di Cavour as his prime minister. Cavour was a cunning statesman who worked tirelessly to expand Piemont Sardinia's power. Using skillful diplomacy and well-chosen alliances, he set about gaining control of northern Italy for Sardinia. Cavour realized that the greatest roadblock to annexing northern Italy was Austria. In 1858, the French Emperor Napoleon III agreed to help drive Austria out of the northern Italian provinces. Cavour then provoked a war with the, with the Austrians. A combined French-Sardinian army won two quick victories. Sardinia succeeded in taking all of northern Italy except Venetia. Garibaldi brings unity. As Cavour was uniting northern Italy, he secretly started helping nationalist rebels in southern Italy. In May 1860, a small army of Italian nationalists led by a bold and visionary soldier, Giuseppe Garibaldi, captured Sicily. In battle, Garibaldi always wore a bright red shirt, as did his followers. As a result, they became known as the Red Shirts. From Sicily, Garibaldi and his forces crossed to the Italian mainland and marched north. Eventually, Garibaldi agreed to unite the southern areas as he had, he had conquered with the kingdom of Piemont Sardinia. Cavour arranged for King Victor Emmanuel II to meet Garibaldi in Naples. The Red One willingly agreed to step aside and let the Sardinian king rule. In 1866, the Austrian provinces of Veneta, or Venetia, which included the city of Venice, became part of Italy. In 1870, Italian forces took over the last parts of a territory known as the Papal States. With this victory, the city of Rome came under Italian control. Soon after, Rome became the capital of the United Kingdom of Italy. The Pope, however, would continue to govern a section of Rome known as the Vatican City. Case study Germany. Bismarck unites Germany. Like Italy, Germany also achieved national unity in the mid-1800s. Beginning in 1815, 39 German states formed a loose grouping called the German Confederation. The Austrian Empire dominated the Confederation. However, Prussia was ready to unify all the German states. Prussia leads German unification. 
Prussia enjoyed several advantages that would eventually help it forge a strong German state. First of all, unlike the Austrian-Hungarian Empire, Prussia had a mainly German population. As a result, nationalism actually unified Prussia. In contrast, ethnic groups in Austria and Hungary tore the empire apart. Moreover, Prussia's army was by far the most powerful in Central Europe. In 1848, Berlin rioters forced a constitutional convention to write up a liberal constitution for the kingdom, paving the way for unification. Bismarck takes control. In 1861, Wilhelm I succeeded Frederick William to the throne. The liberal parliament refused him money for reforms that would double the strength of the army. Wilhelm saw the parliament's refusal as a major challenge to his authority. He was supported in this view by the Junkers, strongly conservative members of Prussia's wealthy landowning classes. In 1862, Wilhelm chose a conservative Junker named Otto von Bismarck as his prime minister. Bismarck was a master of what came to be known as realpolitik. This German term means the politics of reality. The term is used to describe tough power politics with no room for idealism. With realpolitik as his style, Bismarck would become one of the commanding figures of German history. With the king's approval, Bismarck declared that he would rule without the consent of parliament and without a legal budget. Those actions were in direct violation of the constitution. In his first speech as prime minister, he defiantly told members of, Prussian, of the Prussian parliament, quote, It is not by the means of speeches and majority resolutions that the great issues of the day will be decided. That was the great mistake of 1848-1849, but by blood and iron, end quote. Prussia expands. In 1864, Prussia took the first steps towards molding an empire. Prussia and Austria formed an alliance and went to war against Denmark to win two border provinces, Schleswig and Holstein. A quick victory increased national pride amongst the Prussians. It also won new respect from other Germans and lent support to Prussia as head of a unified Germany. After the victory, Prussia governed Schleswig while Austria controlled Holstein. Seven Weeks' War Bismarck purposely stirred up border conflicts with Austria over Schleswig and Holstein. Tensions provoked Austria into declaring war on Prussia in 1866. This conflict was known as the Seven Weeks' War. The Prussians used their superior training and equipment to win a de devastating victory. They humiliated Austria. The Austrians lost the reign of Veneta, which was given to Italy. They had to accept Prussian annexation of more German territory. With its victory in the Seven Weeks' War, Prussia took control of northern Germany. For the first time, the eastern and western parts of the Prussian kingdom were joined. In 1867, the remaining states of the north joined the North German Confederation, which Prussia dominated completely. The Franco-Prussian War By 1867, a few southern German states remained independent of Prussian control. The majority of southern Germans were Catholics. Many in the region resisted domination by a Protestant Prussia. However, Bismarck felt he could win support of Southerners if they faced a threat from outside. He reasoned that a war with France would rally the South. Bismarck was an expert at manufacturing incidents to gain his ends. For example, he created the impression that the French ambassador had insulted the Prussian king. The French reacted to Bismarck's deception by declaring war on Prussia on July 19, 
1870. The Prussian army immediately poured into northern France. In September 1870, the Prussian army surrounded the main French force at Sedan. Among the 83,000 French prisoners taken was Napoleon III himself. Parisians withstood a German siege until hunger forced them to surrender. The Franco-Prussian War was the final stage in German unification. Now the nationalistic fervor also seized people in southern Germany. They finally accepted Prussian leadership. On January 18, 1871, at the, capture, at the captured French palace of Versailles, King Wilhelm I of Prussia was crowned Kaiser or Emperor. Germans called their empire the Second Reich. The Holy Roman Empire was the first. Bismarck had achieved Prussian dominance over Germany and Europe, quote, by blood and iron, end quote. A shift in power. The 1815 Congress of Vienna had established five great powers in Europe, Britain, France, Austria, Prussia, and Russia. In 1815, the great powers were nearly equal in strength. The wars of the mid-1800s greatly strengthened one of the great powers, as Prussia joined with the other German states to form Germany. By 1871, Britain and Germany were clearly the most powerful, both militarily and economically. Austria and Russia lagged far behind. France struggled along somewhere in the middle. The European balance of power had broken down. This shift also found expression in the arts of the period. In fact, during that century, artists, composers, and writers pointed to paths that they believed European society should follow.